What's up, gamers? Welcome to the next episode of the Racial Diversity Gaming Hour. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode 43. So we've been doing this for 43 weeks. How cool is that? Uh, I am the commissioner, Glenn Gordon, and of course with me is the most racially diverse gaming crew on the internet today. We have with us Mr. Ben Shillabier Hall, the original Ben Sterling. How are you, Ben? I am amazing. You're amazing. I am, uh, yeah, I am amazing. That's enthusiasm. What's yeah. what's what's amazing? What's made you amazing? I uh, I have a lot of necromancer on the Dragon Age. I saw a goat here castle. What? Uh, and a KFC came out uh, came out today. The KFC was open today in Scarborough. Well, that's a good that's a good day indeed. What what's this about goats in your castle? Basically, I'm not going to spoil what why it happens, but later on you have to do a mission, and someone comes to get revenge on you for doing something that happened in the mission. I'm not going to say what it is because it's Dragon Age, so I don't want spoilers. Mm. Anyway, you find out that he's trying to attack your castle by catapulting goats at the wall. My goodness, this, this game is perfect for you. I know, it's amazing. Absolutely perfect. Um, so I take it you haven't been playing much else than Dragon Age, right? Yeah, and Goat Simulator, the MMO. Oh, you've, been, you've still been playing that? No, Goat Simulator MMO. Oh, there's an M- oh, there's a new version. Yeah, it's a new version. They've released an MMO version of Goat Simulator. I see. Uh, it's free to anyone who purchased the original version, which is nice. Uh, it's like a two gig update, so it's pretty big. And and what yeah, about those who didn't purchase it? Uh, then you get it for free if you purchase the game anyway. Well, I mean, for those who didn't purchase the game, how much is it? You, well, no, you have to purchase the game to oh, get it. Oh, you have to purchase the game to get it. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So. And the game's about, I think, nine, $8, $9. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got four standard classes. You've got your rogue. You've oh, there are your... classes. There are classes of goats. Yeah. You've got your rogue. You've got your magician. You've got your warrior. You've got your I was uh, hunter. And you've got a microwave. Oh, what? Which is a microwave, which is literally a microwave. Don't don't try and answer questions okay, like that. No, I'm, I'm. It's a walking microwave that shoots pizzas. I don't know what to say to that, but <laughs> okay then. So yeah, it, it they took also they made a little bit of a jab against World of Warcraft as well. Oh, did they? Uh, in the description of the, uh, the MMO, it says you can also reach level one hundred and one. Yes, one more level than your favorite game. <laughs> Got you. But they're assuming that World of Warcraft is my favorite. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know what to think about this MMO. Let's turn to Gary. Maybe he has some some insight on this. How are you, uh, KGB Gary? I'm pretty good. <laughs> I have zero insight on MMO. Uh, I didn't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought maybe there was a chance. Uh, that's fantastic, though. That can, it exists. You can be a magic goat. You could yeah. be a magic goat. Or That's... you could be a microwave and shoot pizza. And <laughs> shoot pizza. Uh, That's, That's awesome. Uh, can be, uh, the microwave can be like Kirby. It just eats them. Just and it... eats them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, amazing. Anyway, uh, how how's gaming been treating you, Gary? Uh, Gary's been treating me very well this week. Uh, no, I'm, I'm still playing Dragon Age because... There's just still so much to do. Uh, everyone's playing Dragon Age but me. 
you should be buying it too. It's amazing. I know, but I don't have money, dude. I want Far Cry Four. I want Forza Horizon Two. I want uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, of course. Uh, there's another game I want that I can't even remember. Like, there's just Pokemon. what? Pokemon. Oh, Pokemon. Right, Pokemon. I want. I want Smash Brothers, but I don't even have a Wii U. So it's like. I mean, there's just too much. I don't have that much money. I don't have any money. I'm so close to graduation, it's not funny. <laughs> well, that's good. Graduation is more important. Graduation is more important because then I'll be able to make money and actually take part in these things that everyone but me is taking part in. Yes. And, and speaking of Smash Brothers, it is amazing. Oh, good. Just rub it in. Um... <laughs> So, it's been a pretty interesting week in gaming, everyone. Um, I'm actually not surprised about this. There isn't a lot of news for PlayStation. And I'm not surprised about that because, quite frankly, PlayStation's been rather quiet. Um, I mean, I, I haven't heard much from, from the PlayStation side of the gaming, of the console gaming industry. And in general, they've, they've just kind of been keeping quiet. They've got the PlayStation experience coming up. Uh, they have a busy 2015 uh, with several games coming out um, that are, I guess, exclusive. And so, th for now, I mean, they're, they're electing to keep some mostly silent. So there just isn't a lot of news on, on the PlayStation side. Um, a lot of news, on, uh, on the other hand, there's a lot of news on the Xbox side. Uh, so it's going to be some, some interesting news today. But first, let's start with our tweets. Um, last week, there was an error on Sears.com. Uh, where they sold, or at least I believe they sold, they, they had the Wii U listed for $60. Um, yeah, $60. I, I actually tried to get one, but it wasn't working. I guess they sold out. Um, that would have been so cool if I'd gotten a Wii U for $60. Um, they caught the error. They fixed it. I actually tweeted something about it on our Twitter, at the RDGH, and they said, thanks for reaching out. This error has since been corrected. So no more sixty dollar we used. Um, did either of you manage to snag one? No, I I didn't. I have one, so I had no reason. Oh, you to have eat. one. Yes. Just rub it in, Gary. Um, <laughs> I'm in the wrong country. Oh, you're. It was. It wasn't in the UK, was it? No, but did you know that if you there was another way to get the Walmart. Uh, certain Walmart's and certain Best Buys were price matching the sixty dollar we U as well. If you bought proof. Yeah, I heard something about that, but by the time I heard about it, it was like midnight, and I wasn't about to get up and go to work. Uh, but yeah, if you brought in a printout of the pricing error, some of the Walmarts were just going, okay, yeah, sure, why not? Hey. And selling people $60 Wii U's. It works for me. I wish they'd sell me $60 Wii U's, but of course, that'd be about £35, and that'd be cheaper than a game. So I bet Walmart right now is kind of like, thanks a lot, Sears. Good job. Well, I think they've They've actually changed their their actual their way that you know the way they actually do the price match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did it actually, it's, uh, people were getting PS4s then with for ninety dollars as well. Oh really? Through Walmart's uh, price. Yeah, actually people were actually making up ads online. They're making their own ads ah. and taking it over to Walmart and they're price matching it and selling it for ninety dollars. Right. And it's, it's useful because, frankly, a lot of the people who work at Walmart, in, even in specific departments, 
don't really have expertise in that department. Sometimes they're just kind of put there. So if you can, if you're convincing enough, they'll be like, sure, whatever. I don't care. Yeah. They'll just give, <laughs> they'll just give you whatever. <laughs> so um, maybe Walmart should consider that as well. Um, but hey, I mean, if if you got a sixty dollar Wii U or a ninety dollar PS4, congratulations. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, tell us. I I'd love to hear the story. So send us a tweet at the RDGH. Um. The Fonz says to us, it feels good to hear you guys read tweets other than mine. So thank you, fellow RDGH listeners, for contributing. And I echo that sentiment. Thank you, everyone, for sending us tweets and contributing. And um, invite your friends to do so, too. Um, Spark was replying to something that I said. I just don't know what I said. Oh, here it is. Um... Good news for those who commented on our earlier question. The PlayStation 4 may be getting smaller updates going forward. Um, after PlayStation 2.0 came out uh, with a host of problems uh, across the console, it's just been pretty crazy. They've been struggling to fix everything. And we went on our Twitter and asked everyone, do you prefer to see smaller updates more frequently like Xbox is doing or larger updates more infrequently like PS4 is currently doing? And um, those who responded pretty much said, we'd like to see the smaller updates. And it seems that that's what Sony is going to be looking into, looking at PSU.com right now. Um, this comes from Sean Layden, the current CEO and president of Sony Computer Entertainment America. Uh, he took over after Jack Trenton left. Um, and he said that in order to avoid some of the issues that plagued users with firmware 2.0, um, they're going to be going with smaller updates in the future. Here's the quote from Layden. He says, we're looking at all these issues. Sometimes these updates get big because so many of the components are reliant on each other in some way. It naturally creates its own size effect. But I think we'll get looking at the rollout going forward and see when we can get a discrete benefit or feature that can just go out and go out now. You'll still see some of the large ones, but just because they'll be packaged together. Um, so, Ben, I think it was you before who mentioned that in the past, Sony did try these smaller updates, but everyone started clamoring for larger updates because that's what Xbox was doing. Yeah. I can see. I, I just want to say that, yeah, good. I, smaller updates are good. But, Sony, I warn you now, chances are people are still going to complain. They'll still want even more. They'll still say, oh, well, I, I, was, I want to play this game, but I can't play it now because I have to download this network update. You know, there'll be complaints for a different reason because they won't be able to go. They'll have to download the update before they go on PSN. Well, see, that's the thing that that's the thing that confuses me because one thing that PlayStation Four was supposed to be able to do at launch was to yeah. download and install things like updates while in rest mode. And it can, well, okay. sorry, that's something that Xbox has been managing to do. I mean, even big system updates. Um, if it's just in standby mode, it'll download and install it, and when you sign on, it's already there. But PlayStation has not, as far as I know, yet implemented that, which is making that hard. If it implements that, um, then the small updates, you know, the, the downloading yeah. things on the spot like that more frequently, that's not going to be a problem. Well, you can already download in the background with the PS4 firmware updates. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I can see why, I don't know, I wouldn't really want... I don't know, I wouldn't want... I know it sounds weird, but I don't think I'd actually want um, downloads being installed in the yeah while you're not on it, because uh, I, 
I think there'll be a higher chance of corrupting the download or corrupting the install file if there's a power cut or there's just yeah you know, if you turn it off by accident you know if you hit the wall switch yeah if you hit switch a wall just as you go to bed turn it off and it's installed in the firmware well that's that's a corrupted system right there it, you know it's it's more ch- chancy if it's installing in rest mode than it is if you're actually watching it right so I I, I can understand why you need to I I I personally prefer installing it myself than actually having it install itself. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe you can change the setting, right? Yeah, but still, you don't know if you you got to remember that setting every day. Then you, you can't forget it in case it does install it. Well, no, but I mean, you can change the setting so that um, you can turn off automatic downloads. You can turn off automatic no, I, installs. I, I, the automatic download, I don't mind, but it's just about automatic installing. Mm-hmm. You know, normally it's fine, but with firmware, I'd, I'd rather it be me that's installing it than the system. Right. Firmware, that way, if I mess up, it's me. Yeah, with firmware, that, that does kind of make some sense. Um, anything to add here, Gary? Um, not, not necessarily, no. I, I, I would like the smaller updates, because then I don't have to wait a month for my system to be able to go into standby mode without corrupting my data. Right. But that's just me. Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, that was from Spark at The Spark. Uh, he sent us something else here. Um, he asks us if we saw Sony's announcement of the new combat free fantasy MMO called Wander. Um, he says he hopes it's better than Africa. So we took a look at um, what he's talking about. This was on the European PlayStation blog. There's a, about a little 30 second trailer thing for, for Wander. And what's unique about Wander, here's Wander, it's, it's, a, it's a fantasy MMO that's coming soon to the PlayStation 4. Um, it looks fantastic. But what's special about it is that it's combat-free, which is unusual for MMOs. You know, usually you're in an MMO, you pick a class, you have different spells or, or different abilities, and it's combat-based. You know, you, you go around and, and you kill things, <laughs> and you com- complete quests that usually involve killing things. This... Uh, Wander is not about killing things at all. It's all about exploration. Um, here's what the blog said. Um, Wander is the brainchild of Melbourne resident Loki Davison, who noticed a shocking absence of games that didn't primarily focus on violence in order to tell a story, and decided that there was a niche that desperately needed to be filled. That, coupled with a slight preoccupation with flight, traveling, and music, led to the conception of Wander, an MMO game that lets you explore a majestic environment in several different forms, a giant tree, a soaring griffin, a sea creature, and more. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, it it kind of tells a lot more about the game, so it's worth checking out. It's on the European PlayStation blog. Just Google Wander for PS4. You'll probably see a bunch of stuff about it. Um, Gary, Ben, I sent you this article um, before we started. Uh, taking a look at it, what do you think so far? I, I think it's a great idea, personally. Um, I, I like the idea that you're playing as uh, kind of an animal, just living your life. <laughs> it is what I'm assuming, right? You said griffin and tree and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know. It seems, yeah. Uh, to, to me, I think it's great. You know, finally a game where I can just relax and enjoy the view. I mean, I hope the game is as pretty as as the short trailer shows it off to be. So, yeah, to me, I think it's great. I, I, I will definitely give it a try. 
here's my question. In a genre where everything really is based on combat, does Wander have a chance for success? Uh, he, he did mention that it's a niche. Uh, it's a niche that desperately needed to be filled. That's what the quote said. Um, by taking away the combat, by taking away um, the, the combat, the weapons, the... I, I don't know. I mean, there might, there might be farming. I can't say anything to how this game works. He might have a whole uh, intricate system that makes it perfect. I don't know. But by taking away the combat, does this game have a chance for success, considering what most MMOs are about? Um, well, there have been MMOs that haven't had any... I mean, we talked about Second Life a long time ago, which is kind of an MMO without combat. Well, Second Life actually does have combat, believe it or not. Oh, it does? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, you, can, you, can, you have to set it up. But, I mean, you can, if you're in a sim, you can um, set combat to on, and then when you're in a sim, you have a health percent, and certain yeah. things can get rid of that health, and when you die, you get sent home. That's it. Nice. So, but combat, I, I do see what you mean, because combat isn't a big thing in Second Life, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I think it does have a chance to succeed. It's not going to be, you know, World of Warcraft or any other MMO. Uh, sales-wise, but I, he said niche market. I, I think the niche market is perfect for that kind of game. There's always going to be people who just want to go and relax, you know, get a group of friends together, go and explore this giant world. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to kill things in order to have entertainment. Although that's what Second Life, that's what Second Life was about. And I'm not going to say Second Life failed, because for, for what it is, for what it's been... Uh, it still has a million steady users, which is phenomenal for 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 what's been going on with it. But I mean, that was the whole premise of Second Life. You can just come in here, you can meet people. You don't have to do anything. You can just come and explore all the cool things that everyone makes. I, get, I it, you know, when more information comes out for it, I think it'll be uh, something other than just wandering around. I mean, I'm sure. I, I'm assuming that you're going to be able to build. You know. Mm -hmm home and things like that in, in some way or form. Nice name drop, by the way. Um, <laughs> Me? Yes. You said, wand you? you said wandering around. Yeah, oh, sorry. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something we need more information about to, to see. You know, everybody's going to focus on no combat, but that doesn't mean it's not going to have other things like crafting and building, things like that. Mm -hmm. So it, it could be kind of like a, like a sim game. Just an MMO version of it. It could be Minecraft without combat. We just don't know. Well, if you check out the rest of the article, there is a bit more of a description, but it's not much. It just tells you uh, kind of how your game starts and, and a very vague description of, of what you can do. Um, ben, anything here? You had me a giant tree. Oh. I, I'm gonna be a giant tree. Where uh, where does giant tree rank next to goat? Less than goat, but higher than griffin. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, if you could be a goat, now that would be, that would be. That would be the it, game. This would be my game of the year, 2015. That would be the game. Okay. Um, You'll be my goat. Well, aside aside from the giant tree, what do you think? Um, Wander will be like on PS4. How do you how do you think that it, it will make it on PS4? See, I, I don't get. I, I, it sounds good, but it sounds like it's a simulation. Well, if you're playing an eagle, 
then there's going to be a little bit of violence because the eagle has to eat. It does it does it simulate hunger? You know, do you have do does your creature get hungry? You know, how deep does it go? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't. Looking at it, it doesn't seem like a, a simulator in that it it's like simulating life in the wild or anything. <laughs> it, it seems like you're just this character who's trying to explore the world around him. Well, it sounds good, and it will be a lot of fun for a while. But I think even this niche market won't really last that long with it because. If there's no end goal or any goal at all, then after a while, you're not going to play it that much. Right. If if you're literally doing nothing at all, you know, if, you know, even surviving against other, you know, against AI, it's just it's a, bit, a bit weird. Just, I don't know. But if Minecraft can succeed, anything can, can succeed. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. Minecraft. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the tweet there, Spark. Um, yeah, I mean, this looks interesting. I, I think it's just too soon to tell exactly what it's going to do. But with the information we have being so limited, I'm not sure how, how well it'll make it. It does seem like, as a niche game, it's not. it might not go far. But again, we don't have a lot of information. The developer just might have something really intricate in here that just might catch on so you never know but it looks very good um wander comes out in 2015 is that right let me see uh yes comes in march 2015 um so check that out wander um we asked a question at some point during the week i think it was about three days ago today's monday um we asked do you think whatever PlayStation has for its PlayStation Experience event is worth the silence throughout most of the holidays? Um, at the top of the show, we mentioned that. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, PlayStation Experience, ahead of that, PlayStation seems to be keeping pretty quiet about things coming to the system. Um, and we asked what was going on. Spark said, uh, I see, to win the holiday season, you need lots of TV ads and a great price point. Most buying don't follow the gaming community. Um, I think he means on the internet. Um, let's see, there were some other responses here. Oh, no, they weren't responses. My bad. Actually, um, my friend here, Spark, he asked for a bit of clarification on what I meant on the original question. And what I said was, we're talking PlayStation not doing or saying much until the PS event in, in December versus Xbox selling hard through the holidays. And I thought these were responses, but actually two random organizations decided to retweet that. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I would have retweeted the original question instead of my response to someone asking for more clarification, but, um, you know, that's their prerogative. <laughs> um, what do you guys think? Is, is it worth all this silence? It could be. It just depends on what they're going to show. I mean, you don't want to go into the holiday with absolutely nothing. Um, I think it's kind of a way for Sony. Yeah, you didn't have the first party, the quality of the first party titles you did earlier in the year with uh, Infamous, but, um, you know, doing this event now kind of helps you without those titles in a way. Uh, It just depends on what they show. I mean, we know a lot of third party games are going to be there. A lot of third party publishers are going to be there. Uh, There's the rumored uh, third party exclusive title that's going to be. Uh, there's now going to be uh, 
the the rumor. Well, actually, I don't even think it's rumored. They're saying they're going to have a huge uh, RPG to show off as well. Actually, uh, while you're on while you're on that track, um, Bungie sent out a tweet earlier saying that the Dark Below, the first expansion pack for Destiny, will be playable at the PlayStation Experience event. There you go. I I believe Batman they said is going to be playable as well. Arkham Knight, which I think will be the first time the game is playable uh, to the public. So um, it, it's just something we'll have to see. You know, it just really depends on what they really show. I mean, it's two days, right? Two so. Days. I don't know if they're having any sort of conference for it, if they're going to be showing any conference, but I, I'm really excited to see what, what, they, what they bring to the table. I, I hope there's going to be some sort of video presentation of everything, but... I would imagine so. I mean, if they said that there were going to be surprises. So, I mean, if they're going to be surprises, they're not just going to stick them on the floor. They're going to announce them with fanfare <laughs> and whatnot, so... I'd imagine there's going to be some sort of presentation. I know they have panels going on. They already uh, released the, what the panels are going to be and which ones you can attend. I know, uh, uh, what's his name? Yoshida is going to have a panel discussing PlayStation. And there, there's a bunch more. I don't remember off the top of my head what they are. But, yeah, you know, it just comes down to what they show, personally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, ben? I'm just waiting. Just waiting. I can't. I, I can't wait. It's like a little Christmas present. For That's myself. all we can do is wait. Wait and see. We'll what see if I'll freeze myself, but I don't think that'll work. So no, I'll just wait. I'm not sure that's a good idea. Nah. <laughs> Especially for just a few days. I mean, yeah. it's, it's what next weekend or something like that. Yeah, and plus I got you know games to play. Games to play. Can't play those while frozen. Um, the fans sent us two more. Um, Oh, before we get to the funds, actually, there are a couple other tweets. Let's see. Um, Josh Bailey at Know It Man uh, tweeted both RDGH and Gary personally. Um, he said his four film favorites were Blades, uh, the, ba the Blades and Battles collection on Blu-ray. Um, were we talking about movies? Oh, no. I'm, okay, we were talking about video game movies. Um, he was talking about goodness, the, the Mortal Kombat collection of video games. Um, the Blades and Battles collection. That's actually available on the Amazon for sixteen thirty nine right now in, in United States dollars. Um, nice. Did you check out his tweet, Gary? Uh, I saw it, but I didn't exactly know what he was talking about. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. I clicked his link, and he's talking about the Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah, we were talking about uh, video game movies, I think, on the last podcast. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah, if, if you're into video game movies, I believe, Gary, it was you who said the Mortal Kombat movies were the best. Yeah, well, the first one. <laughs> I wouldn't say the other ones were Oh, no? <laughs> okay, well, uh, you can check them out on Amazon. Sixteen thirty nine for four movies, good price. Um, and they're, and they're Blu-ray. They're not, like, digital or anything. And I'd, also, I'd recommend the Dead or Alive movie if you're a fan of the Dead or Alive series. Mm-hmm. Just because it's pretty much just a giant fan service movie, which yeah, is what Dead or Alive is. So um, apparently, I don't know how to read my Twitter feed because there are actually responses to our questions from before. I'm sorry, I'm so tired. It's not even. Oh, actually, I'm not tired. I'm just kind of mentally exhausted. I've been coding in JavaScript all day um, for for college. Pete Atkinson at Acho13 ACHO13. Sorry about that, guys. I, I see your tweets, don't worry. Um, he said, I'd sooner have games in January, February, March, and April rather than 10 games all coming out in December. 
Um, that's something I can agree with, because right now we've got like 10 games coming out all at once. I kind of want all of them, and I just can't afford all of them. So having them spaced out across the, the first half of the year sounds good to me. Um, <laughs> Shifty25, um, sorry, at Shifty25, our friend Tori, he says, It's hard to say, but I'll be happy with Uncharted 4 gameplay. Uh, Uncharted Collection Remaster, including Golden Abyss on PS4, and the Guerrilla Games' new IP. Um, which is all stuff that is um, rumored to be at the PlayStation Experience event. Um, anything on that, guys, before we move forward? Um, I'm pretty sure we will see Uncharted 4. I'm pretty um, sure we'll see Uncharted 4. Uh, I, I don't know how much we'll see Uncharted 4, but I think we'll see a little more than what we saw at A3. Right. right. Brother Games is there. They haven't said what they're doing. And they're talking about a big RPG being announced there. Well... Guerrilla Games was looking to make an RPG? Big RPG? Guerrilla Games? I think, I think we'll see Guerrilla Games RPG there. While we're on the subject, um, we were actually going to talk about Guerrilla Games' RPG early, uh, later on. Turns out they're hiring for people to make trailers, uh, specifically media interns. Here's a quote um, from the developer. It said, Guerrilla is looking for a media intern to create compelling videos and broadcasts to promote our games. As the successful candidate, you will produce trailers, teasers, and behind-the-scenes videos that showcase the quality of our titles. In addition, you will shoot interviews with our developers and help stream them to online video platforms such as YouTube and Twitch.tv. Uh, DualShockers.com is assuming that this means that they're getting ready to announce or, or to market their new RPG, whatever that may be. I think we should all they should hire me. Just hire that would be. Do you have hire media me. do you have any media production experience? No, but I'm sure I can wing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll I'll figure it out. He'll he'll I'll figure it out. Just I'll I'll just show you guys the best bits of the game and go, Yeah, there you go, you should you buy go. it. Yeah. Let's just put them on our DGH. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> So if you're looking for a job and you're good at media production and you're somewhere in the area of Guerrilla Games, this job offer might be for you. Plus, I'd probably put in, I put sub, you know, I put a subliminal, a subliminal message of believing Gary somewhere in the videos. Oh, I'm sure. Gary I'd probably get fired good. straight away. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, someone put his name in every in the code for every PS4 console and well. I, well Actually, he doesn't work with them anymore. He, he, he left, so I guess he avoids some consequences there. Um, and plus, it's easier to spot a subliminal message than it is opening the console. Yeah. Gary, you need to tweet some more so that you can get more followers. I do, man. I just don't know what to tweet sometimes. Hmm. Plus, I'm always busy. I'm just like, ugh. I, I'm not a person who just like tweets what I'm doing every five minutes. Like a lot of people do. Here's something. Hello. Um, yes, Ben. <laughs> I kind of do that a lot. Oh, okay. I probably do too much. All right. Um, here's something pretty interesting on Kickstarter. I actually just found this. Um, I think IGN just tweeted it. There's something called Bloodsport. Um, <laughs> that was a fantastic movie, man. No, it's not a movie. It's a controller. No, I'm just saying it was a fantastic moment. Oh, okay. Um, this is a controller that you connect to your hand, to your, to your body, and it drains your blood as you play games. Why, why would you ever want that? For donation. 
it's so, actually it's actually uh, um, helps with the whole blood donation movement. It, it's kind of a creative idea, although kind of weird to market. <laughs> it, it's on Kickstarter right now. Um, it's in Canada. Basically, it takes the electric signal that's into the controller and, and the rumble functionality, and it uses that to activate the, the device that draws your blood for you. Um, here's the pitch. It says, with Bloodsport, we're raising the stakes of gaming by making it so that when you lose blood in the game, you lose it in real life as well. All we're doing is taking the electrical signal from the controller every time it rumbles and using it to turn on the blood collection system. Um, I'm going to read the rest of this here because it is important. Bloodsport does regulate how much blood is pulled from the body with each pull. Uh, the fluid is then filtered into sterile blood bags. The goal is to take Bloodsport to donation centers across Canada for blood donation gaming events. Uh, they're looking for $250,000, but Kickstarter suspended it. Um, I wonder why. <laughs> but um, what do you think of this? I mean, it's a nice idea for, for the blood drive. Um, what do you think of this project? Um, I, I think that that would take Dark Souls to a completely new level. <laughs> Prepare to die. Prepare to die. Prepare to faint while you're gaming. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, it seems a little dangerous. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be donating blood that way. That's for sure. They'd really just have to make sure they're careful to regulate... Um, to, to regulate what's going on here, to regulate how much blood it's taking from your body and make sure it's absolutely safe because, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone's, everyone's going to be worried about safety with this because it's literally taking fluid from your body. And, I mean, let's be honest, it, it's probably going to take a lot more blood than the game controller will, will take out in, in a session to, to harm you, but there's still probably going to be concerns. And, and another question is, who exactly is going to be um, attaching this to you? Is it going to be a, a licensed nurse who knows what they're doing? Or are you left to fend for yourself? Are you Just like spikes come out of the controller every time you get hit. Oh. <laughs> it's <pierce> your skin. <laughs> I'm starting to think we're developing a new Saw movie. Oh, my goodness. You know what would be great? If the controller was, like, hollow, and then, like, when you play, the controller would fill up with blood. And then, then you just give them the controller when you're done. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, uh. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, if his website will load, I actually have another in interesting gaming idea. But it, it appears his website's down. Oh nope, here it is. Uh, it's working. Um, I have a friend who is now a CEO. I'm very proud of him. His name's Nathan. And um, he is in charge of Willow Games. Uh, Willowgames.com. Willow like the tree games.com. And it's more focused on mobile games for now. Um, but what they're doing is they're trying to um, have gaming for a charity. So basically, you play games on your phone, you win money by doing that, and you create um, revenue, you create revenue by doing that, that will be donated to a charity. Um, honestly, I'm not too sure about the specifics. Um, Nathan actually just kind of gave me a rundown um, when I saw him at my college. Um, 
But I'm going to be taking a look at this, and it's definitely something worth following, um, especially if you like charity. Check it out. I don't think they have a Twitter yet. I'm looking at the business card he gave me. It just says willowgames.com. Um, it says you also must play in a green state. There's a map with different colors of states in it. Um, certain states is not available in both Florida and Tennessee are two of those states, which is ironic because we, our college is in Tennessee and I live in Florida. Um, <laughs> but if you're in, if you're in states that are not, that are green states, just check their map at willowgames.com. Um, you can check out information about that. Um, just a quick about thing that might, that might see what's going on here. Uh, Willow Games began its life as an idea in Nathan's mind less than two years ago. Uh, the idea was to create a mobile game that would grow faster than any game had before by letting people do what they love, compete. After months of research, planning, and designing, we realized that we couldn't just keep this awesome way of engaging gamers to ourselves. We expanded our vision by designing a platform for other developers to use and by creating relationships with nonprofits that do amazing things. So, believe me, I'm going to be I'm going to be taking big interest in this and, and seeing what it's about. Um, any ideas so far on Willow Games, guys, on, on you know, I, I, I want to see how much it works before we talk too much about it, um, or how it works, not how much it works. I'm, I'm thinking on my feet here. Um, but what do, you, what do you think about this? How, how do you think it might work out? Well, it's always hard to uh, start your brand new company like that. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, good luck to him. You know, we need we need more more studios that are passionate with making their games, not more. Uh, how much money can we earn with our game? You know, it, it to me just seems like passion is kind of going away from games. It's more about how much money you can make now. Mm -hmm. um, at, at least from the big big companies, uh, a lot of indie studios are still all about passion, making their passion projects. So uh, uh, it's interesting. Uh, congratulations to him, uh, but I'll see what they come up with. I think it might be a little difficult to market in a way, because I mean, th that's why I want to I want to learn more about it before talking too much about it. Like, is it is it going to take revenue from the developer? Is it money that the the gamers somehow going to generate? Like, where's the money going to come from? I don't know. Um, ben, anything quickly? Uh, shame I don't live in the states. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it does sound like a good idea. Whether it will work or not is another, another idea, another thing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how they're gonna, as you said, how they're gonna make money. Maybe the app costs money, and when you buy the app, some of the money goes to charity. Well, all the money goes to charity. That's possible. I, I'll have to. I'll have to sit down with Nathan and, and yeah. uh, ask him some more questions about this. And I, I know the charity I follow on uh, Twitch. What they do is what they've got is the fact that um, they they're partners with Twitch, mm -hmm. so every time they stream, the, the channel makes revenue. You okay. know, every time people watch adverts and stuff like, and all the revenue from Twitch goes straight to the charity. Is, is what's the name of your charity? Uh, Able Gamers. That's right, Able Gamers. Yeah. And, and what do they do? Uh, they help. Uh, people with disabilities play video games, uh, you know, either before or after accidents. So, if you say you have trouble using your left hand, they will work out a controller that will be designed just for the right hand, and so forth. It, basically, if you have trouble with most, you know, with motor control skills, they will help you find a controller best suited to your needs. That's pretty cool. 
Um, you can go but, to ablegamers.com for more information or follow them on Twitter at ablegamers. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, they, they, they stream on Twitch a lot. So. Oh, perfect. Um, guys, thanks for joining us on Twitter. I know we strayed from Twitter a little bit, but um, if you want to join the party there, follow us at the RDGH, at T-H-E-R-D-G-H, and we'll be talking about a lot more stuff in the coming weeks, especially as the PlayStation experience draws a near. We'll all be paying attention for what exactly is so crazy awesome um, <laughs> that PlayStation has to, has to literally say it's going to be crazy awesome. Um, let's keep talking about PS4 for a little while. Um, this will make Dane happy, I think. PlayStation's president in Korea has been talking about the PS4 sales over there, and things have been looking really good. Um, G-Star is a gaming event in South Korea, and that, that just finished. And the... <laughs> the president of PlayStation Korea is actually a Japanese man. Um, his name is Shiro Kawauchi. Um, and Kawauchi-san, he, he talked about how uh, the PS4 is doing in Korea. He said that it's selling faster than the past PlayStation platforms. Um, even though it's the first year, numbers are very high, even compared with the rest of Asia. Uh, I'm looking at DualShockers.com right now if you want to check this article out. Um... DualShockers says that South Korea is among the best markets in, the Asia, for, in Asia for the PS4. It's on par with Taiwan. Um, it says attach rate's good. The Last of Us remaster sold really well. I'm, I'm just pulling from this article, pulling little bits of information. Um, one specific, uh, one significant thing that was addressed here is whether or not the fact that the PS4 is doing so well is going to add to the, uh, uh, the array of titles that are available to Korea that were made in Korea. And Kaochi-san explained that, yeah, there are definitely going to be more titles, and not just PC ports, but, uh, quote, also titles developed exclusively for the console, even though he can't yet talk about them. So Korea expects some new PlayStation 4 games in the near future, um, developed by Korea, for Korea, for Korean gamers. Um, <laughs> Dane, I wish you were here on the, on the podcast to talk about this, but that's definitely something you're going to be looking for. A um, little bit of a factoid here. It says, to the question on whether there's interest in developing for the PS4, among leading Korean developers like NHN, Nexon, and NCSoft, he answered that he thinks there is. If you're not familiar with Nexon or NCSoft, um, NCSoft is the publisher for Guild Wars 2 and the developer of ION. And Nexon is in charge of the MMO Maple Story, as well as some other smaller games, I think. Um, any ideas or, or any thoughts on gaming for North Korea? Or not <laughs> North Korea, South Korea, excuse me. I want to know if it was possible to get past the, you know, the only sell to, um, the only sell creating games by having it so that the game itself is ported over in Korea. Mm-hmm. You know, have the game, have the company send it to an internal company in Korea, and then port it over that way. Right. Would that be would that be counted as made in Korea? Um, set, run that by me one more time. I just want to make sure I'm. Basically, the game gets to let's say in you know, UK or, or North America. Mm -hmm. Then the source code of the game is sent to Korea, and then the game is then finished in Korea. Would that then go? Go past the made in Korea law. I have no idea how the law would work, but I mean that's like partly made in Korea. 
Yeah, it, so it's ba- that would be like based on source code elsewhere, but I guess made in Korea. Yeah, that's a gray area for me. Yeah, that, there you go. Korea. If there's anyone from Korea listening, <laughs> <laughs> that might work, and you might be able to make your own Skyrim. In. Secrets, secrets are here. Um, yeah. PlayStation Store has been. Oh wait, Gary, did you comment on that already? Uh, no, I was just gonna say. Um, I I I hope that all those awesome Korean MMOs come out here in North America at one point because I want them. I kind of don't. What? No, I kind of don't. What? You don't want Black Desert? Have you seen that game? No, I haven't. But I I've played Ion, and here's the thing about Ion. Um, Ion it was a really fun game. I loved Ion. I played it for a while. Um, back when it was still pay to play, uh, subscription based. And it was a lot of fun, but the thing about it is it was very heavy on the grinding and, and the more tedious tasks of an MMO. And I kind of learned during that time that in Korea, those kinds of tasks are really valued over there. So if, if a game like Black Desert is going to come and it's going to be heavy on grinding, I'd rather pass. Um, I, I prefer... I, they they really westernized it. They really minimized the the focus on grinding over time, um, but it's still kind of I guess more valued over there to to do to work with the tedious parts to get the uh, reward from that. And so if that's going to be coming over here, I, I'd rather take a miss on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Have you have you found them to be a little grindy? Well. Most of the ones I've played have been older ones, so I can see that. But since designs have changed so much, like I don't see them being a huge problem now. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just gotta go with the times. I mean, look how much grinding there is in the World of Warcraft. Like almost all of that game is grinding, and I don't know. Like th- those are older games that came out a long time ago, so. Your games now, like even if you look at a game like Terra, that's pretty much a Korean MMO, and that's mostly all action based. Mostly just doing quests and crafting is secondary at that point. Right. Um, PlayStation Store has a new feature for the PS4, PS3, and the PS Vita. Um, after maintenance on the 17th of November, um, which by the way ended early, the PlayStation Store got a new little entry field for a 10-digit discount code. Um, a lot of online stores have discount codes, but this is the first time the PlayStation Store is getting a discount code. Um, there are screenshots on DualShockers.com with different games, or listings for different games sitting next to um, the option for a 10-digit discount code that you can apply. Um, I've always been wondering, you know, whether or not Sony would sort of become more involved in its sales like that, like offering discount codes and and doing things like that. And it appears that that might be happening. Um, Guys, what kind of of discount codes do you think we could see? How do you think that they might use this? I think it can be mostly used uh, if you buy something from retail, like a card, and then use it in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, I can go and buy this this card at GameStop, which will give me, you know, twenty percent off whatever game I want. <clears throat> Something like that. I can see. I can see Sony sending you codes for promotional purposes, things like that. Promotional purposes. Purposes. Sorry. <laughs> promotional purposes. I like that. Um, 
Sorry. Yeah. That could be good. I mean, um, Xbox has actually been doing that. I got a code recently for... Um, they gave me like $2 for no reason, which was kind of okay. Uh, I, I, I don't... <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to buy with $2, but I mean, I guess in the, sometime in the future, it's $2 off of something. So That's awesome. <laughs> I, can, I can easily see like newer games coming out. You know, you open it up and there's like a voucher. So like, say an EA game comes out. So, you know, if you buy it, you know, brand new, it'll come with a code that the next, if you want to buy a game digitally on the store, you can get 20% off on it. Right. Something like that. Right. Um... Ben, what do you think? I, I think it would be lovely, but it would be interesting to see what where it'll if where it'll be. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if, it, if it'll be a thing that really actually exists everywhere. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you just uh, got we'll a see. PlayStation notification. Yeah, I just did. You did. Yeah, you know, oh. I, I I do find it weird though that they would put a feature in that they never even talked about, ever. Mm -hmm. It's never been mentioned, it's never been rumored, nothing. And then it, there it is. And nobody can use it because nobody knows what it's for. Right, no one knows what it's for yet. <coughs> Sony's got to get on the ball. Yeah. It's the secret believing Gary feature. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sony, <laughs> you're making him cough. Um, let's talk about one more thing for Sony before we move forward here. Um, Drive Club's first batch of free cars. Uh, Drive Club's actually decided to uh, give some people some free stuff in light of its very poor release um, release window. I, I think it's still working on, on things from that. I haven't heard anything new. Um, but Evolution released a list of the free cars that everyone's going to get. Um, actually, what's interesting is that some of them, or, or not some of them, but really one of them, is not European. Which is a shocker because Drive Club, so far, all of the cars have been exclusively European, at least unless there was maybe one. Nope, there was one before. I just don't know what it was. Uh, the car in question is the Lycan Hypersport, L-Y-K-A-N Hypersport. Um, it's Arabian. It's an Arabian supercar built by W Motors, um, which was founded in Lebanon and is based in Dubai. I had to go ahead and look up some videos of the Lycan Hypersport. It's actually a gorgeous car. I hate the sound of it. It sounds way too guttural for me. Um, not as clean as, as nice supercars such as like the McLaren P1. Uh, but it is very nice looking and I love how consistent the design is. It almost looks like a transformer on the outside, which is nice. It has very aggressive, uh, sharp lines and hard angles. But on that on the inside, that kind of design language is continued with the interior, the, the dashboard, the console. So um, good looking car. Also a bunch of other European cars, uh, a bunch of European cars coming to that as well. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, are you are either of you guys car people? Not really. Not really. I, I, I haven't even watched Top Gear for a while now. I need to catch up sometime. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I kind of am. I can see why they're going with more European cars. I mean, nobody really wants to drive a Ford in a racing game against a McLaren. So, dude, well, no, <laughs> but that's why they have them s separated by classes. You know, you've got. Like the Ford GTO and the Ford Mustang doing their thing in one class, and then you have higher end vehicles. Yeah, but see, if you look at the Western cars, they're really there aren't that many built for racing. Well, not even just Western cars; Japanese cars. 
Mm-hmm. There aren't any of the. I don't think there are any of those, and and a lot of those are just dead built for racing. Yeah, yeah. like the the GTR, the Nissan GTR. Absolutely, is a racing. I was surprised that car is not in the game. Actually, have like, you have you seen the um the release video for Mazda's new MX-5 Miata? No, I have not. I have to find this for you. Not the video, but just like a picture of it. It looks really nice. I, I, I'm yes, I'm actually going to hold up this whole podcast while I find this screenshot for uh, for Gary. Um, I mean, if I can find it. Oh, this is it. Motor Trend has it. So visit page. Yeah, this was um, Mazda. I, I drive a Mazda, so I was definitely um, looking. But um, Mazda announced not only the new MX-5 Miata, but also the CX-3 crossover. Um, so here you go, Gary. I'm going to send you this. These are screenshots of the new Mazda Miata. It's loading. Oh, it's loading. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How long does it take to load? Like I don't know. It's taking forever. There, there are multiple galleries. So, I mean, the the if you want to see the back, then just go one page over. Just click the arrow at the bottom. Oh, man. It looks super old school. I like it. I, I think it looks pretty sexy. Now, I'm, I can't fit in a Miata. I tried once. I sat in, um, I had my, my Mazda 6 in for service, and I just sat in the showroom for a while, and I sat in one of their Miatas. I had to put the seat all the way back. I had to tilt the back of the seat back. And then it was, <laughs> I had to put down the roof, the convertible top, and then the edge of the convertible top was in my line of sight because I'm six foot seven. So this is definitely not a car for me, but it is a pretty car. Well, it still kind of has an old design to it. It still has a stick shift, which a lot of racing cars don't have anymore. Why not? Uh, they're removing the stick shift for so the that uh, paddle shift thing. Yeah, that's I'm not, not the saying. No, need a stick. You need a stick. <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying. Yeah, I, I know they're doing the paddle thing, I guess, because it's quicker, but that just takes all the fun out of it. That, that, it's, it's a lot of money on broken transmission. <laughs> that, wait, what? The paddle shifters? Yeah. Uh, the paddle shifters having broken transmission problems? No, it saves a lot of money oh, from saves the, a lot the of money. transmissions yeah. if they break. Uh, anyway, I, I, if I were shorter, I'd get this car, but I'm not shorter, so it's out of my reach. Which is ironic, because not a lot of things are out of my reach. Or is it under your reach? (laughs) It's under my reach. There you go. All right. (laughs) Let's get back to gaming here. Um, Unfortunately, there's not much more for PlayStation. That was actually a little more than I thought it would be. Um, So that's cool. But there there wasn't that much. A lot of it's kind of Xbox. Um, A lot of... One sec. Can we... Just one thing. I forgot to cover this with Unchained, actually. There is some PlayStation news. Uh, Mid-December, there will be a Planet Side 2 beta test. Oh, okay. uh, uh, it would be ten. They, they said the fact that they were aiming for de- early, early to mid December. <clears throat> the game will run out 1080p and 30 frames. They couldn't reach a stable 60, so they locked at 30. Uh, so sometime in December, you may get a key. Who knows? Is there anything special you have to do to get a key? No, they just said they're going to announce more details around, yeah, you know, soon. So probably the experience. All right, so pay attention. Yeah, it's like a Sony it online game, so. I think it's a mistake for them to hold everything off until the experience. 
Because quite frankly, I mean, they're giving this to Xbox. They really are. As we'll see right here. A, a lot of positive information has been around um, the Xbox One lately. Um, good grief, the, the console's sales have tripled, according to Microsoft, since, it's, um, since the price drop. And we're not talking, like, global sales. We're talking just week-to-week -week sales uh, have tripled since the price drop. That's good news. They've got games coming out for the holidays that are exclusive, which PlayStation doesn't have a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, in comparison. Uh, actually, I think that they're, they're not that far behind, so I don't know where that information comes from. But, um, I mean, they, they have Drive Club. They have Little Big Planet. Um, not much more than that. But uh, Xbox One, either way, I mean... They've been selling really hard, and it's been paying off for them because they have been selling a lot more Xboxes than in the past, whereas PlayStation has been extremely silent. And um, I'm not going to say, um, without first seeing the NPD figures for November, that PlayStation is now selling less, but I, I think that can be assumed with just how little it is in the, in the news lately. They're really keeping everything quiet until the PlayStation event in um, December. Um, EA... An, an executive from EA said that the Xbox One is, quote, catching up quickly to PS4 in terms of worldwide sales. Um, they, um, an EA executive, his name is Blake Jorgensen, he believes that the Xbox One is closing the gap. Um, of course, with the assistance from that $50 price drop, and of course, Assassin's Creed's bundle, Call of Duty's bundle, um, Sunset Overdrive's bundle helped with that too, good grief. I mean, you, you, the white console's unique. So whenever you have something unique, yeah, a lot of people are going to go for that. Um, Assassin's Creed is a console that comes with two... Uh, the Assassin's Creed bundle, excuse me, is a console that comes with two free games, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag and Assassin's Creed Unity. And Call of Duty is a specially designed, unique console, as we just talked about, with a, with a one-terabyte hard drive. So if anyone wants an Xbox One and doesn't mind a really stupid-looking console, at least to me, I hate that design. I, I despise the Call of Duty Xbox One, uh, the design. But if you, are, if you don't care about the design and you just want a bigger hard drive, people are going to buy that. Um, here's what Jorgensen said. He said, clearly Sony has jumped out to a lead with a great console, and I think a great pricing strategy, but Microsoft is catching up quickly, and pricing actions that are taking place, particularly within this Christmas season, driven by Microsoft around reductions plus a lot of bundled software, I think that will continue to help pull the customer into the new consoles. Now, I believe that Microsoft is taking heavy losses doing this. Microsoft can afford to take heavy losses doing this. I mean, it, it's an investment for them because they're behind and they need to invest to get less behind. And so by taking these losses, they're definitely um, improving the status of the Xbox One. Um, play, uh, Sony, on the other hand, I'm not sure how many losses they'd be willing to take considering, I mean, what's been going on with Sony. They're getting better, but it's going to take some time. Um... So Xbox One has the holidays on lock, it would seem. Um, I wonder, guys, what do you what do you have to say to that? I, um, well, uh, I, I, I'm a little confused as to why EA is making this announcement. Um, th this is something that Microsoft should do. I don't think a third party publisher should have a say like that, uh, saying something like that at least uh, in this period of time I, I don't know like it just seems weird for ea to come out and say this it's like they, they they're, they're trying to push the xbox more 
by by saying this. Like they're favoring the Xbox in a way. Well, I mean, they do have a reason to. <laughs> their their EA access thing is on Xbox, whereas Sony denied it. Yeah, but still, to me, as a third party publisher, uh, I don't think you should be announcing something for another console like that, mm-hmm. or or how the sales are going for one system or another one, in a way. Right. Uh, but other than that, you know, I'm I'm happy that they're they're catching up. You know, it's gonna make Sony, you know, kind of fight harder to to keep themselves in first place. I mean, we you and I you and I both mentioned. I mean, you mentioned it first. You know, they're they're just getting too relaxed, and this is the one thing we feared from Sony mm-hmm. is that they're just gonna get too comfortable with what they have and where they are. And in a way, it's kind of showing now. I will say, I mean, since you said that, I've kind of been rereading the quote that Jorgensen said. Um, he said, it, I don't think to me it reads like an announcement. It, it feels like, you know, someone was just interviewing him and he just said, you know, Sony's doing well, but I think Microsoft's clashing up quickly, you know. It, didn't, it doesn't kind of read like an official announcement or anything. But that's definitely how, um, now that it's hit the articles, that's definitely how it feels. So I think that probably should have been considered. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say that there just some breaking news came out. <laughs> uh, I guess Microsoft is having their own little event in December as well now. Oh, really? Yes, they just announced it, I think, uh, today. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's on December 4th. Uh, this is coming from Dual Shockers. Uh, Major Nelson announced it on his podcast today. Uh, their event is going to be in the Microsoft Store in Las Vegas. It's going to start at 7 p.m. on December 4th. Um, they're saying it's going to feature cool stuff and lots of giveaways. Wait that's, a second. It's going to be in a Microsoft Store? Yes, the Microsoft Store. That's all get in Las Vegas somewhere. Well, I mean, in comparison, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I do understand why they're doing that. I mean, that's that's a good idea because, quite frankly, they don't have time to plan a giant event like Sony's. I mean, Sony's putting everything they're they're putting everything on the line for this PlayStation event. So, well, I, I wouldn't say they can take the time. They announce it at a later date. You know, you're just trying to beat Sony to the punch by announcing it on the fourth instead of afterwards. Perhaps, but also just by the scope of it, it, it feels like. You know, this, yeah, they're having their big event, but, you know, we've got cool stuff over here, too. That's kind of what it feels like to me right now. But that's that's cool. I mean, it's in a Microsoft store. <coughs> that's kind of, I mean, wh- where's PlayStation? PlayStation's is going to be, like, at some big convention center, isn't it? I think so, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, this is clearly something that PlayStation planned, but this is good for Microsoft because, quite frankly, they have the holidays really wrapped around their finger at this point. And they don't want to lose that by PlayStation stealing their thunder, which they're just now beginning to earn. So, um, you know. I mean, it seems like a packed week, though. I mean, you got Microsoft's things on December 4th. Then you got Jeff Keenley's Game Awards on the 5th. And Sony's PlayStation Experience on the 6th and 7th. Yeah, until the 5th, I'm going to be swamped because the 5th is the deadline that I have to have all this stuff done for graduation. And I'm bald, but I still feel like I'm tearing my hair out. Like, it's just ridiculous. So I'm going to miss, I'm going to have no choice but to miss Microsoft's presentation, but I'll probably look it up later. Hey, at least you, you got the fifth off, though. Because then you can enjoy the 
No, I don't. Can, I don't have the fifth off. I, I have to make sure everything's done on the fifth. The fifth is probably going to be my worst day. Ah, uh, but then you can't watch the Mountain and Jews video game awards. Yeah, the video game awards. I'll just at the end of the fifth, I'll just collapse, and if I don't die, I'll check out some stuff about video games. Um, <laughs> well, fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Um, but um, yeah, this—that's <laughs> interesting. I, I didn't—I didn't catch that. Um, who's reporting that? Did Microsoft announce it? You said uh, they announced. Uh, Major Nelson announced it on his podcast, uh, but it was reported on Dual Shockers. Mm -hmm. You sounded like me for a second there. I'm so you're proud. Welcome. You're you're like oh uh, this is uh, this comes from Dual Shockers. You know that <laughs> you sound just like me. That's awesome. Um, all right. So uh, a patch for Assassin's Creed Unity on Xbox One is live. It was live as of November 17, so last week. Um, patch 2 is now available for Xbox One. Basically what this includes is it, it addresses some little bugs that were happening. There's a character named Arno, and he would fall through the ground on certain occasions. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, the game doesn't crash anymore when joining a co-op co session. <laughs> Arno's just full of problems. He also gets caught inside of hay carts. I, <laughs> the, Arno's the main character, by the way. Arno's the main character. Okay, that's why. He's, he's full of problems. I haven't played Assassin's Creed. I haven't even been following Assassin's Creed Unity. Like, I, ca I could not care less about Assassin's Creed anymore. Um, there's also a bug that was exclusive to the Xbox One. Uh, the only kind of exclusive <laughs> exclusive that Xbox One really does not need right now. Um, there was an occasional long, de long delay once you reach the main screen when the game starts. Uh, that has now been truncated and fixed. Um, there are some other issues. To check those out, go to assassinscreed.ubi.com. Um, there, were there other problems with, with Assassin's Creed Unity? I remember it being really buggy. <laughs> It is, yeah, it is ridiculously buggy. Yeah, so this is just this is just a little bit of it. So um, yeah, uh, well, I must admit I did have one amazing glitch at one point though. Um, me and my mate were doing the co-op. Uh, we were doing the free, we were just running around doing the free roam, and then on my screen he started climbing a building, which is normal on Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. But the animation didn't stop. He just kept climbing past the building into the sky. Oh. It just kept climbing halfway. I, I couldn't even see him at one point. He was—he just climbed that high up. <laughs> but it wasn't like he was um, just trying to fly. He was actually doing the climbing animation like he was grabbing the sky. It's just like, like it was a physical object. It's just like, screw this. I'm going to heaven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to climb my way there. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness. Assassin's Creed. Ubisoft, why? What's going on with you, Ubisoft? You used to be so good. And now you're, you're, you're slipping on us. Um, but if you have Assassin's Creed, there, again, there are a bunch of other bugs. There are some PS4 only things that were uh, fixed. Um, good grief! Yeah, there were some PC things that were fixed. I, I'm I'm just looking over all of these fixes, and some of them are ridiculous. You can fall through the ground when free running, um, stuck in a hay cart, stuck when launching the game, slow downloads, Helix credits, uh, unbelievable. I, I echo Gary's sentiment from earlier. What happened to the user testing for this game? Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's move forward. Well, you know, which isn't fixed. The one that's existed since Assassin's Creed 2. Oh, what's that? Uh, there's a glitch. It happens to me all the time. Where you're running, 
And when you try to hop over like a small object, like a table or a fence, mm -hmm. your character will just shoot up into the sky. Oh, and to his death. Okay. <laughs> it's existed since Assassin's Creed Two. That's and dramatic. And, uh, I think this is a glitch in Assassin's Creed Three actually as well, where if you're sometimes if you've got if you're attacking someone, you're not supposed to be able to loot anyone. You're not supposed to loot corpses until battle's over. But sometimes you can loop the corpse by accident, and, in, and when he bends over, his sword just constantly wobbles. Wobble? Yeah, just moves backwards and forwards constantly, like he's having, it's like his hands shaking. Wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, I was thinking another glitch as well that I had. Oh, there's so many glitches in that game; it's hard to remember them all. And when you get as many glitches in games as I do, it's, it's very hard to remember anything. Gotcha. Um. <laughs> Let's move forward just a bit here. Um, let's see, where is this? Ah, so this is what I was thinking of earlier when, um, I don't know, Ben, you said something. I don't remember what it is now. So there's an article on gimmegimmegames.com. It's a ridiculous name, but it's kind of catchy. Uh, it talks about, and I quote, early one, um, Xbox One early adopters getting shafted. And here's what's going on. Basically, some earlier, uh, some more recent adopters of the Xbox One are going to get a copy of Limbo for free when it releases on the console. Um, and uh, early adopters are apparently unhappy with this because they're getting shafted. And the, the article just continues on, and it talks about... Um, Here's a quote. For all of 2013 and parts of early 2014, Microsoft made it seem like they'd never give up on including Kinect with every system. Lo and behold, Microsoft didn't stay true to their word and released a Kinectless SKU for $100 less in June. Um, so they're basically just talking about how unfair it is to early adopters that Microsoft has made all of these changes and, and they don't get to reap the benefits. Um... <laughs> Let me go ahead and... Wait, is this part of it? No, let me go ahead and, and pass this to, to you guys and, and just ask what your thoughts are about this. Okay. Can you repeat that one part with the limbo again? Sure. I, I didn't hear it. Um, if I can find it. There it is. Okay, select Xbox One early adopters may end up getting limbo for free. Um, some Xbox One owners who purchased their consoles closer to the system's launch last year have been sent a message from Microsoft saying that they will give them the Xbox One version of Limbo for free when it releases. Um, no word on when that happens. And so why are they feeling shafted? They're getting a free game. They're getting a free game, but... And newer adapters are not. Newer I don't know. I think this article... Well, hold this, on. Let me... This is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. The case of so, Xbox so if I buy a console at launch by choice... And somebody buys it a month later or a year later, and you know they get an extra controller for the same price. That that's I should be compensated for that. I may. Oh, okay. I, here's the thing. I had I missed the actual point of the article. Here, here's that was my bad. I, this thing is worded so weird that I I missed. I totally missed this part. Okay, here's what's going on. The article's actually talking about all the bundles that are coming for the consoles. Um, the Assassin's Creed Unity bundle came with, uh, good grief, what it, it came with two games, Assassin's Creed Unity and Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You've got the, um, not the Titanfall, Call of Duty Advanced Warfare Edition. You've got the White Sunset Overdrive Edition. 
these were not available at the launch of the console. And so this article is going on about how um, that's unfair and how a copy of Limbo, which is like a $10 game, is not enough to reward early adopters of the console. It's the same idea mm -hmm. that, that I just mentioned. This is the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Uh, so, so what, you want them to include a voucher for a game that comes out next year just so you would get it? Yes, I think that's what they want. <laughs> Hello, PlayStation. You know the PS4 is doing that in Japan, right, Gary? Are they really? Yeah, if you buy the collector's edition version of Dragon Quest this Christmas in Japan, you get a voucher for Dragon Quest Heroes, which is out next year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Sony, Sony did it. Sony did it. <laughs> okay, that's fine, but are you kidding me with this article? Like, you bought the console by choice. Why should you be compensated for what Microsoft or Sony or anybody does later on with their system? Nobody's telling you to buy it right now. No. This this is just that's such a terrible article. I'm sorry. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, Ben, anything to say? I I agree. I, I so you saying I bought my PS4 at launch. There are I, there's bundles that are like hundred quid cheaper with like more games. So I should get a free a free get I should get freebies for it. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no thank you, please. PS3. For six hundred dollars, I want my three hundred dollars back because the system is three hundred dollars now. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. I bought my Mega Drive twenty years ago, and you can buy Mega Drive with a bajillion games now. I want my games back, please. Uh, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just gonna say that I hope that the people who did this are not as stupid as they sound. <laughs> because quite, yes, because quite frankly, here, here's the here's the deal. You ch like like Ben and Gary just said you chose to buy the console at launch. You didn't have to. And I say I hope you're not as stupid as you sound because I'm assuming that you realize that a lot of bundles and a lot of specials and a lot of deals always come after launch. You know, when you buy the when you buy the launch console, you are saying, "Hey, Sony, Microsoft, take me. I will be your guinea pig." You know, whatever failures happen at launch, whatever bundles I don't get at launch, I am willing to take that because I want the launch console and I want it right now, even if there aren't very many games for it. Um, and so a lot of people said that. And so if you're complaining now that you're not getting bundles, what the heck is Microsoft and Sony supposed to do? Not never release another bundle just to avoid, quote, shafting the people who bought the console first? Come on, you knew what you were signing up for and you paid four or $500 to sign up for it, you know? So suck it up. That's all. Like, it's just so sad. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, seriously, do you want them never to release a bundle again for, for, for new people? Like, what do you want, a cookie? You bought the new launch bundle. Good job. You want a sticker? Come on. Uh, you, want a, you want a trophy. You want a trophy. You want an achievement. That's what you want. <laughs> an achievable. But you know what's funny? They got I should be pissed. They got an achievement. I should be pissed that I didn't get that day one edition trophy or achievement. Xbox One yeah, I wanted, got the day I should one got day one trophy. You did? For PlayStation? No, I should have. Oh, you should have. That'd been amazing. <laughs> I, I don't angry. know what it mean, but or why I'd want it, but You know, if you if you really, really want to, you can spend money on eBay and buy the day one edition. I mean not the day one edition, the, the day one achievement for Xbox One. Yeah, I have won that sticker too. Which, I want that sticker right now that came with the system on day one. Oh, yeah. It's a piece of paper. 
You can spend, oh, yeah. you can spend $40 yeah. on the achievement, or, or 30 or $40 on the achievement on eBay. It's brilliant. Best deal ever, 10 out of 10. <laughs> does, does it even improve your gamer score at all? Like, does, or is it just worth nothing and just an achievement? I think it's worth 10 points. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> oh, 10. 10 wow. points. It's, don't pull wow. me up. I don't know. Revolutionary. That's like double five. <laughs> <laughs> the math. The math is here. Um, guys, come on. Early adopters, you knew what you were signing up for. You're, you don't, no one owes you anything. You, you, you took the plunge, you bought the launch console, and you should be grateful that you're getting anything in the first place for doing so. I mean, it's a $10 game. That's, that's what you signed up for. I don't, I don't know what Gimme Gimme Games is trying to get that. I don't know if they saw a lot of, um, quite a lot of questions here uh, about it or, or a lot of comments. I'm, I'm scrolling down to the comments and I'm becoming more and more disgusted with humanity as I watch them. Um, so there are some that are like, no one forced anyone to do that. No one owes anyone anything. And then you have like the stupid idiot trolls. But anyway, um, that's always the case. So anyway, that's all I have to say on that. But it, it, it does continue here. Um, JBGnews.com talks about how angry gamers are accusing GameSpot of bias against the Xbox One. Um, <laughs> Xbox One and PS4 have both been available for a year now. Um, let's see, PlayStation 4 celebrated its birthday last week on the 15th. Um, Xbox One is going to do the same on the 29th. And so both of these consoles are about a year old, and GameSpot made a video titled, Is It Time to Buy an Xbox One? And I haven't seen this video, but my, my point in bringing them up is not really the content of this video. It's the backlash from the video. And comment sections are freaking out because uh, they're accusing GameSpot of subtly plugging, quote, plugging the PS4 and showing bias against the Xbox One. Um, con the, the video... I'm reading this on jbgnews.com. The video raised the points that it still isn't cheap enough or the settings app is too hard to find. Um, I don't know about cheap enough, but it is true. The settings app is... It shouldn't even be an app. I don't know. Forget too hard to find. Why is it even an app? Um, the article continues, while there are some legitimate complaints raised in the video, such as game install times, which is an issue that has plagued users in varying degrees since launch, a lot of them come down to personal preference or tiny pet peeves. Um, a lot of people are not really fans of the user interface. Uh, a lot of people are upset about this or about that. So there are legitimate points in this video. But once GameStop released it, everyone was like, oh my goodness, GameStop is biased against the Xbox One which just blows my freaking mind because this is a video game console, okay? This is not healthcare. This is not government spending. This is not liberals versus conservatives. This is not religion versus science. This is not anything to be biased against, all right? This is not Labour versus Tories. This is like me... This is like me being, you know... Who makes, who makes Post-it notes? Does 3M make Post-it notes? I think 3M makes post-it notes. But this is like me being biased against post-it notes. Imagine that 3M doesn't make post-it notes. So this would be like me being biased toward post-it notes versus 3M's post-it note, whatever that would be. 
So I, I, this doesn't make any sense. Why are people, why, who is biased against a video game console? It's a video, it's a freaking video game. It's a plastic box. Buy it or don't buy it. No one cares. Um, but no, these people are, are upset because GameSpot had some negative things, to, or some, not even negative, but some positive things to say about the PlayStation 4. Um, and, and some, while raising legitimate complaints about things that are on the Xbox One. And, I mean, I, <laughs> I need to stop right now because this is just ticking me off. I, I, I hate when people do stupid stuff like this. You know, I really hate it because it, it, it just kind of shows how retarded gamers can be. I, I've said before that I don't like, sometimes I don't like being a gamer. You know, I don't like calling myself a gamer sometimes because gamers are really terrible at representing themselves across any online community. They are absolutely terrible at doing it because of BS like this. Like, who cares? Uh, uh, an organization like GameSpot, which, by the way, let me say, which releases content about both consoles at, at different levels and, and has never had any reason to be called biased or, any, or otherwise, is now, just by releasing something that raises legitimate complaints against a uh, uh, company, now everyone's like, oh my goodness, they're biased. Let's get the pitchforks out because they said something positive about one console and negative about another, even if it's legitimate. Good grief. Anyway, go ahead and, and talk, guys, because I'm done. I am so done. Um, I think you said everything that needed to be said. I, I kind of actually agree with the comments a bit. The um about like the the UI and the the game. No, I, I don't stuff. believe you should bring up. Especially if it's an anniversary video, where we, I don't believe you should bring up competitive consoles in your video to celebrate a console. Was it to celebrate a console? I mean, it. it well, it's the anniversary, isn't it? So it is technically the anniversary, but I don't think that the video was about the anniversary. But still, timing it around the same time as the anniversary, I I, I believe that's just it, it's not wrong. It's, you, know, uh, you know, I believe you could do it anyway, but I just think the timing is in wrong taste. In poor taste, Ben, this isn't, yeah. someone didn't die. It's still in poor taste, you know. I just, no, I just think it, and I, I agree. If you're going to talk about PlayStation, doing a separate video. Doing a separate video? Yeah, you know, have the positive negatives of the Xbox One in one and have the positive and ne negatives of the PS4 in another. But the video was about the Xbox One. Well, yeah, then uh, why, why was there any PS4 mentions then? Um, you said that they mentioned the PS4. I should have read, watched the video, but even if they did, like, how relevant is that? Why, why, do we, why are we in a place where we need to avoid mentioning one console? Why do we need to do that? Why, I, why, I why is it in such poor taste? Let me rephrase. What makes it in such poor taste? For what reason is it considered poor taste to mention a separate product? You don't really mention this. If you're yeah, purchasing something else in a store, you don't always mention other products in that, in that video, really, do you? If you're, trying, if, you're if you're trying to promote a product, no. Yeah. Like if you're saying, well, this to me sounds like it's a promotion, even though it does have negatives. It is a promotional video. It doesn't sound promotional it, to me. It sounds journalistic. I don't really know what GameStop do, but if there is any, you know, if they're using it to promote it, then I believe you shouldn't really advertise, the, you know, other company. I think it was more of a critique because it's it's 
it's about the Xbox One, but it's bringing up complaints about the Xbox One. That that sounds a lot more journalistic yeah. than it does promotional. Oh, well, I should really watch the video sometime. I might and then tweet about it, see how, what I think. Yeah, I, I probably should have watched the video. They also made the video of the PlayStation 4 as well. Mm-hmm. And That's they, what, yeah. they had beefs with the PS4 as well. Yeah, they this, Microsoft. this doesn't seem promotional. This seems like it's critiquing the consoles. It, it seems journalistic. It's, it's pretty much a re-review one year later of the consoles is what it is. Okay. So Gary, Gary's paying more attention than we are. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to, like, yell at you, Ben. But, like, it's just, like, I, I don't get why we're at a point where we need to be so considerate of, of you know, people getting offended over different products. Like, I mean, this is, this is, these are just video game consoles. Why are we at a point where a company is biased for releasing criticism about one console versus another? Even if, I mean, why are we at a point where we have to be so considerate? We can, oh, don't, don't mention PlayStation 4 in this critique against the Xbox One or people will be upset. Why are we at that point? Well, it is the company that has to sell both. No, that, this isn't GameStop. This, this is, is GameSpot. GameSpot. Oh, I thought we said GameStop. No. Oh, okay. This is GameSpot, the website. Okay. They're, they're, they're very, we don't have either. Well, we don't have GameStop here, so it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I don't know then. Well, then, no, there's no reason for that then. I thought you were talking about GameStop no, the whole Game time. No, GameStop. GameStop. <laughs> okay. Now I'm understanding where you're coming from. Now I totally understand. No, GameStop would definitely be promoting, but no, GameSpot yeah. is, is journalistic, completely journalistic. Um, <laughs> so now we're on the same page. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, just, I'm just annoyed that this is even a, a problem. Let me, let me be honest. I, I, I actually own two consoles. I'm, I'm, I have a PlayStation 4 and I have an Xbox One, and I've been talking about that a lot lately. But after I graduate, um, if I survive graduation, uh, if I survive the remainder of this school year, I actually plan to do uh, a bit of a you know, critique of both consoles of my own. And, you know, it's, it's, believe me, it's going to be a fair critique because there are things that I like about both of them and there are things that I, I dislike about both of them. And, you know, I, I just don't understand, you know, where it is that I, I have to be so careful here not to offend someone with just a simple critique, you know? I mean, there are things that both consoles do very well. And there are things that one console does very much better than another. And, and here's the thing, I'm going to be doing this critique, and one thing I want to say is it's important to recognize your weaknesses. You know, If you just boldly go on and say, I don't have weaknesses, I am better than have, I'm too good at whatever it is I do to have any weaknesses, then you're going to fail because you didn't address the weaknesses that you do have. You know, you have to you have to look at yourself as a company and say, what are we doing well and what are we doing wrong? Believe me, Microsoft has been doing that since the beginning. Microsoft has been looking at PlayStation, what PlayStation's been doing. Why is PlayStation getting so many sales? How can we do something so that we can also get so many sales? That's what competition's about. It's about analyzing your competitors, and it's about making sure that, well, maybe not that you're in line with them, but that you are doing things that make you money. 
you know? And, and if that means analyzing them and taking a look at what they're doing, then that works. I don't understand why people think that Xbox or PlayStation, for that matter, are so perfect that they just can't have any mistakes. And people, the article says that there are some people who are like, oh, well, as far as the settings app, it's not that hard. All you have to do is click this and that, and bam, it's there. Well, that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the point that it shouldn't be like that. I mean, you may find it easier, and having used the Xbox now, I can honestly say that, yes, once you figure out where everything is and reorganize it yourself to how you want it, then, yeah, there's no problem. But it shouldn't be like that in the first place. That, these are legitimate complaints. And if you ignore your legitimate complaints, if Microsoft were to ignore its legitimate complaints, we would still have a $500 console bundled with Kinect, always online. Not, if, if your internet connection goes down uh, for more than 24 hours, your console's not going to work. You know, we would still be in that anti-consumer place. But right now, because of the fact that Microsoft has been able to look at itself and say, this is what we're doing wrong, how can we turn it around? Because of that, Xbox One has now tripled its sales week to week. Because of that. Because of that and some good marketing. You know? So, get over it. Like, get over the whole stupid console thing. It's ridiculous. This is stuff that... This is stuff that these companies really have to do in order to move forward in, their in, in the industry. And without it, they're going to fail. So, I mean, the, the whole fanboy thing, I, I could rant for hours about the whole fanboy thing. It just takes me off. I, I don't understand. Like, these video game consoles are just not that important. Like, there are far more important things in life to be biased, quote-unquote biased against, than a hunk of plastic that sits there and plays games. You know, I mean, that's, that's not that important. But anyway... I need to stop talking before we get too off track here. Um, anything else to say on this, guys? Uh, not, not for me. Just that it's an opinion. That that's all it is. It's someone's opinion. It's someone's opinion. It's a lot of people's opinion, and that's that's why it's that's why it's troubling to me. I think because this whole I'm just talking about the general article. Oh, the general article. People's reaction to it is just. Uh, I, I, I don't even know, man. Like, I'm just so tired of it. I really am. Uh, let's move on to a cheerful note, shall we? Let's, please. Xbox One is working on Japan. It has not given up. Um, it feels like one of the best ways to do that is with karaoke. Um, this comes from DualShockers.com. <laughs> and there's a new app that has been announced called Karaoke at Dam, D-A-M. Um, DAM is actually a, a chain of karaoke clubs and of course it's Xbox and they apparently really love the at symbol so they called it karaoke at dam and um, it didn't make it in time for the console's launch but it was announced back in July it has finally been released on the Japanese Xbox One store to, uh, as of November 18th 2014 um, <laughs> it promises to reproduce the same experience as Daichi Kuso's popular club DAM chain of karaoke clubs. And as, as using the live DAM equipment used at the clubs, it offers over 100,000 songs. Um, so that's pretty cool. You can eventually, there will be the ability to upload your personal music video. Uh, you can use Connect as a recording device and Smart Glass to select songs from the list. Um, the app is f actually free, but you have to pay 300 yen, which is the equivalent of $2.56 in, in the United States, uh, to use it for 24 hours. Or 1,000 yen, which is $8.55, for a full month. Um, 
DualShocker says that's a lot cheaper than a visit to a real karaoke club. Uh, there's also been hardware released. You get a, a, a microphone peripheral and a branded Xbox gift card um, for the game, including a free code to use the app for a day. And uh, the prices for those are uh, <laughs> are sixteen ninety two for a uh, nineteen eighty nineteen hundred one thousand nine hundred eighty yen sixteen ninety two for the microphone and two uh, two thousand yen for the for the card. I don't know what's wrong with me. I think I need water. Like I can't talk all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, so karaoke for the Xbox One in Japan. Um, do you think that this has a chance to? I mean, one thing that the Xbox One was really desperately in need of is content for the Japanese market. And let's face it, karaoke is big in Japan, um, if you'll excuse the cliché. Uh, so do you think that this could actually help them out, help them sell Xbox One consoles? Or do you think that the Japanese public will just prefer spending the extra money and going to an actual karaoke club? Is that a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> uh, I think they will be more than happy to pay extra to go to a real karaoke bar. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it, it's like going to a, a, a you know any sort of sports event. You can do a live or you can watch it on TV. It's a huge difference, and most people would want to go see it live. And to me, going to a karaoke bar would be a lot more entertaining than sitting at home with my two friends and doing karaoke. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, ben, what do you think about this? Is this the game of the year in Japan? Uh, it, it might be. It might be? I don't know, but uh, it might be. But they've already got the Wii U karaoke, so... Uh, oh, they do? You got see, there's a Wii U, Wii U version of the karaoke, yeah. Well, everybody in Japan's uh, already got a Wii U, so there goes that plan. And then there's also the PlayStation with SingStar, remember? Well, yeah, but that's different because, I mean, Club Dam is definitely recognized in Japan. True. So, and there's a, over 100,000 so, 100, songs, which I think beats both SingStar yeah. and Wii U's offering. So the Wii U one does, I can't remember which, does use uh, a, a karaoke manufacturer for the songs. Oh, okay. Uh, I can't remember which one is, though, off the top of my head. So, I mean, uh, this karaoke app is definitely better, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's going to be better. But uh, is, It should come out in Europe as well, it would be amazing. <laughs> and I can see it being good in like pubs and bars, which, yeah, smaller, you know, not actual karaoke bars, but smaller event halls that might have an Xbox One for it, for those that do want to do it. Yeah, you can, you, can might get an end up being cheaper than, you can get an Xbox yeah. One and just have it in the club for everyone to use. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I it might end up cheaper than actually a karaoke machine. Right. Yeah, it depends on. I don't know how much they are, so. So it could be cheaper. So there is there is definitely a market for this, but it, it yeah. might not necessarily be the directly the consumer market. No, uh, I think there'll be a big consumer market as well. To be honest, mm -hmm. again for the same reason, they might bring it to them. Well, if, if they've got a lot of friends, the friends might want to come around, or they might, you know, yeah, I can see it being pretty big. Okay. Yeah, I see it being pretty big. Can, can I just say one thing? Go ahead. Um, the, the only way, in my opinion, the only way I see Microsoft succeeding in Japan is exclusive Japanese titles. Absolutely. It's the only way. Dragon Quest, Final Fantasy, Yakuza, 
um, Persona, it doesn't really matter, Monster Hunter, if Microsoft can secure any of those games or any of those franchises and have a title in one of those franchises exclusive to their system, they have a chance to succeed in Japan. Absolutely. And that is the only way. No app, no price drop, nothing is going to help them. Well, I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a struggle because Sony has that market. Sony's well known in Japan. Yes. Whereas Microsoft, Sony not so much. Have Japan locked down. Mm -hmm. if, if Sony goes away, like if Sony's no longer in business, people will just buy a Nintendo console. Yeah, I mean, I think people buy a Nintendo console anyway. The PS4 hasn't sold. It's been selling well, but it hasn't been selling that well. Yeah. It's Japan. It's not really a console market anyway. So Yeah, it's more about the handheld there. More handheld than anything. So either way, Nintendo wins. <laughs> yeah. Which is a nice thing to say, actually. I mean, the PSP is still selling in Japan. And they don't even support that system anymore. Yeah, the PS2 was out selling the original. The PS2 was out selling the 360 in Japan for several years. Mm -hmm. I think it was like two or three years that it was still out selling it. Yeah, mind-boggling. Guys, there's just one more thing I want to talk about, and I actually have to go after this because I have someone who's willing to help me with my JavaScript coding. Woohoo for me! Um, I might not die tonight <laughs> doing this. So let's talk about this. This is something interesting I found from powerupgaming.co.uk. This is all the way from the UK. Uh, someone named Georgie Kato. And um, it's really interesting. Here's the title. He says, could uh, the last of us pandemic really be the last of us? And he actually works. Let me, let me see if I can find it. He, he's actually, um, uh, I can't remember the name. Oh. Epidemiologist. He's an epidemiologist. So he actually studies disease outbreaks. And so he wants to basically take a look at how plausible a global pandemic like that that starts in The Last of Us is. Um, the Last of Us is, ba is based on a brain infection called the cordyceps. And it's, it's actually a fungi that goes into your brain and, and kind of messes with you. It controls um, what happens in your brain. Um, he actually says that the, a pandemic like this, a global pandemic, has happened before in, in history. Uh, he talks about in 1918 when the Spanish flu infected a third of the world's population and it killed 100 million people, which is more than World War I. Many of them were young and healthy. Um, but <laughs> let, me, let me just read this paragraph here. It says, but that was years ago, says the voice in my head that I choose to believe represents my audience. They didn't even have antibiotics in 1918. It was practically the Stone Age. That's certainly true. Antibiotics weren't known until 1928 when Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin. But viruses like the flu don't respond to antibiotics. The best defense for them is the vaccination, a topic that you'll see a lot of people up in arms about today. For proof, look no further than our current pandemic, that of HIV. Um, he talks about another virus um, with worldwide distribution in HIV. Uh, it's been a pandemic since the 80s, and it's caused a lot of tragedy. But here's the kicker. The pathogen that's in The Last of Us is not a virus, um, which can be thwarted with a vaccination. It's not, a, it's not bacteria, which can be, you know, <laughs> which can be treated with antibiotics. It's a fungus. 
which makes things difficult because fungi are harder to treat. It's difficult to, it's difficult to treat a fungus without hurting the person who has the fungus. Um, let me just read this a little bit. He says, think about your computer, about how you love it and worship it and how it's sitting in front of you right now. Think about all the ways that it could go wrong. A virus is like a computer virus. It's errant bits of coding that stuff up the programming and make the computer behave the way the virus wants it to behave. Bacteria are like a corrosive dust that's been sucked up by the fan. It's physical objects that can interfere both physically and chemically with the operation of the parts within. Fungi, he says by this, quote, very inaccurate definition, would be like mice somehow coming in and chewing on the motherboards. So it, it, it's, the fungus is basically stuff going in and damaging parts of your brain. That, and that's not necessarily something that can easily be treated without hurting the, the host. And so he talks about how it's a very good read. I mean, you're not going to get really the whole content of it from listening to me. I, I definitely recommend you go to powerupgaming.co.uk and search for this article. It's called, Could a Last of Us Pandemic Really Be the Last of Us? It's so interesting to read. And, I mean, goodness, there, there are talks about how containing the virus... Uh, or containing the fungus could be he talks about how so one thing that bugged him in the game is that no one mentions using fire to contain it um yeah that causes some death but it contains it so that there isn't like 50 times more death um so i, I don't know i mean i'm gonna send this to you and, and don't read it now because it's quite long i'm gonna send it to you guys and i'm also gonna put it on twitter for those of you who are interested to check out it's uh follow us on twitter at, at the rdgh and check this article out. It's a fantastic article. And I've sent it to you guys, so take a look at it on your own time. But just from what I've said so far, what do you think about this? Like, what would happen to us if there was a pandemic, um, a, a fungal pandemic like the Cordyceps in The Last of Us? That could, the, How could this be con, uh, combated? And, and is this really a, an article worth writing about? Um, I, I think it is, because this is a real fungus that exists. I mean, it doesn't affect humans right now. It could, well, eventually at one point in time, we don't know. Uh, I, it only affects ants, from what I remember uh, reading about it. But, like, it, it, it is kind of scary, you know? Uh, I, if there was an apocalypse to that magnitude, I, I think humanity would be wiped out, quite honestly. I don't think, I think the only people who would survive are people who have natural immunities to it, which we all know, like, there is always some person that has an immunity to something you know there's probably somebody who has an immunity to to the black plague or to the spanish flu um there's always people like that that exist um one of them is ellie in the game there you go so like but it's it's just a scary thought to think about it you know like you said the fungus funguses are so hard to treat because even if you destroy them the spores can still remain in the body yeah, you, you couldn't completely get rid of them without seriously hurting the person who has them. Yeah, uh, causing complete permanent damage. And uh, in this game, it affects the brain. So pretty much you're either going to die or you're going to be brain dead or severely damaged. And some people would rather just die than to be completely disabled like that. Yeah. You know? But it, it, I'm definitely going to check it out. It sounds like a very good read, but it is a scary thought. I was impressed. This guy's actually a, a legitimate epidemiologist. Um, he studies this stuff, and, and he talks about, like, all, all sorts of really interesting things. Um, 
there's he talks about you know whether or not we'd even get far enough to develop uh, a, a worthwhile treatment whatever our technology might be if there were a vaccine or something would we even survive long enough to get there you know um, i don't think so. yeah he he, he talks humanity is so horrible we'd kill each other before the, the fungus will kill us <laughs> Yeah, and then there, he talks about like the the incubation of cordyceps and and you know basically how he in short TLDR he's talking about how plausible the events in The Last of Us really are and and it's really really good and the thing about cordyceps in the game is it happens so quickly I think it's what twenty four hours yeah it's twenty four hours it says so right here so I mean it would be it it wouldn't be easy to 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 combat that at all. Um, but I mean, yeah, because it's just spores; they just spread. Yeah, just you can't spores. see them. You can't really do anything. It's not like a virus where you got to touch somebody or sneeze on somebody. No, it's just there. It just exists. Yeah, it just poof. It's a puff of smoke. You inhale it; it's over. Ben, are you concerned about cordyceps? Kind of. It's, it's as you said. It's, it is actually it does exist, and one day it could evolve to actually affect us. But until then, we're, we're safe. Until then, we're, we're safe. safe now. <laughs> it's interesting because there's some scary stuff out there. Like I was reading some, or I, I got into something about parasites not too long ago. And there are parasites that are tiny, 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 and they affect ants. And, you know, once an ant gets this parasite, it's weird because the parasite actually kind of controls the ant. And it causes the ant to want to climb upwards. And so it'll climb up as high as it can into a blade of grass or, or, or something. And it'll just, its whole goal in life is just to get as high physically, vertically as possible. And, I mean, the ultimate goal of that is the ant will be eaten by something else. And then that, whatever eats the ant, is the, the ultimate home of the parasite. And, and that's scary, because, like, that, that parasite is controlling the whole will of the ant. Like, that's a, like, there's some scary stuff out there. So, watch out for cordyceps in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, look how many things we still don't have cures for. Or even treatments. We still can't cure the plague, the Black Plague. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't treat this or cure the Spanish flu. You know, they just recreated the Spanish flu. God knows why you want to recreate I something. Don't know. Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I wonder why these people call themselves smart. Yes, let's recreate <laughs> the disease that killed a hundred million people in 1918. That's a great idea. But then again, if you really think about it, a lot of these diseases are used. They use these diseases to, to treat other diseases. Yeah, that's true. In a way, they find ways to, to manipulate it in order to help other diseases. But, like, it's just, there's so much stuff we don't even have cures for now. Yeah. And to, to just automatically think, oh, we'll come up with a cure in a year for something if there's an apocalypse. It's it's not going to happen. If it, but that's the thing. Like, how much time from... From if if you notice an apocalypse is coming, you don't have a lot of time to come up with a cure, because a lot of resources are going to go away, a lot of people are going to go away. You know, it's going to get harder and harder the longer the apocalypse progresses, to find a, a way to stop it. Just because everything's just going to become out of your reach over time. So like, it's not a good idea to think that way. You know, and. You know, I get the whole zombie apocalypse thing that everyone's preparing for in all these ridiculous ways. But, you know, I mean, I guess that's the kind of, um, that's the kind of planning that would probably have to go into planning for a real kind of apocalypse. Like, there, there would have to be some kind of 
way to make sure that you can that technology is advanced enough that people are advanced enough so that in the event that in the unlikely event that something happens on a large scale you have a way to combat that and it could just be the the gamer in me talking but um just see how afraid america was because one person had ebola in the united states thank goodness caused panic across the entire country Ebola is like, uh, there's something every year. Like, remember, remember the swine flu? Yeah. Remember, remember SARS? Yeah. 2008, it's the economy. It's not even a disease. It's just the economy in 2000. Like, there's, there's something every year in America that we're all just afraid what of. About, what about bad cow disease? Good grief. I haven't heard about that since, like, the 90s. <laughs> mad cow disease. I, I was Still little. exists. Yeah. yeah. I, I loved Malca I loved that disease. It was amazing. What? Yeah. All the prices of beef went down. <laughs> it's amazing. Best best, best disease, disease ever. That does nothing for a vegetarian like me. Um, well, let's just hope there's no mad carrot disease and then carrots go down in price. You never know. Mad carrot 2015. You know, <laughs> there's got to be some kind of ailment for next year for us to be terrified of. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> Don't eat apples; they're infected. No, not my apples. I love apples. There, there, there's like ten thousand different apples in the world. What's Mac? <laughs> think you'll be fine. What's Apple gonna do? They're, they're gonna have to change to pears or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, guys. Sorry, Ben. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just laughing. Oh, sorry. you're laughing. I thought you were about to say something. Uh, um, I was thinking of something, but uh, yeah. uh, didn't think of anything. Okay. Bad pear disease. Bad pear disease. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna die. We're gonna die. <laughs> the world is gonna go extinct. Like, power is eventually gonna go out because nobody can, can monitor that. Uh, the nuclear power stations will melt down because there's nobody to monitor those. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're as good as dead if there is an apocalypse. Yeah. Nobody will survive. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like nobody ever talks about these things. You know, like who's monitoring all those nuclear power plants that can melt down if they're not cared for <laughs> you know yeah like, i hope hopefully not japan they didn't do too well in 2011 um i mean I'm, I'm sure they've learned from their mistakes then they i they they were concerned about like the business doing there was some procedure that they were supposed to do that cost a lot of money and they didn't think that it was as bad as it was and that that neglect kind of caused a lot of problems so um I, I feel like what I said was unfair there, so I apologize. I, I think that they've learned from their mistakes. That's why I like watching apocalyptic movies, because there's all these things they never account for. Yeah. Now, but, like, power is going to go out. I'm sorry. If there's nobody to care for the power station or anything like that, nature will destroy it, and then you'll have zero power. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> also, also, have you ever noticed in, in alien movies, at least, Americans don't have guns. <laughs> really? In real life, though, well, how many? How, you know, if you go, you know, if aliens attack, how many? How many Americans do you think will just won't? You know, won't just run outside with some guns and start shooting them? Oh, a lot of them. That's what I mean. Yeah, you never really see that in movies, do you? It's always the army that has to come save the day. Imagine a movie where the civilians just come out and shoot everyone, and that's it. <laughs> oh, you mean like real life? Yeah, yeah, real life. But aliens, not people. Mm. Um, guys, we've got to call it a day here. Um, but it's been fun. Definitely check this article out. I'm going to put it on Twitter. Um, 
after we publish this, which will probably be tomorrow. I apologize. I've been, I usually post these on Monday, but I've been doing it on like Tuesday and whatnot, just because I've been so swamped with everything. Um, so forgive me for that, but, uh, look for this tomorrow. Um, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, I'll put up this article after it's up so that you can see this as well. It's definitely a good read. Check it out. Um, so that's it for episode 43. Gary, how can people contact you? You can contact me on Twitter at Gagwalush, that's G-A-G-L-A-U-S-H, or on my Gmail, or not my Gmail, my PSU email at Gary, G-A-R-R-I, at PSU.com. And Ben, how can people contact you? Contact me at chili underscore UK, ben.chilabethall at psu.com, chili on NeoGAF, chili on PSN, and any anyway, pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. I'm everywhere. Um, you can contact me on Twitter at goglen underscore at G-O-G-L-E-N-N underscore or by email at glenn.gordon at psu.com. Um, you can also find me on Xbox at totallynotglenn. Our intro music this week is from Overclocked Remix. In fact, our outro is too. Uh, this week it's a remix from Sonic CD, the background music for the Lava Reef Zone in Act 1, as well as a couple other songs from the game thrown in here and there. The remix is called Chips Out of Water, and it's by Rexy from OC Remix. And our outro this week is called Trinity. Kingdom Hearts fans, you'll recognize it quickly. It's a remix of Dearly Beloved from the Kingdom Hearts menus. I absolutely love that song. Um, the remix is by Sparrow, T-S-P-E-I-R-O. I'm not exactly sure the correct way to pronounce that, but I gave it my best shot. Uh, let me just say, as an EDM fan, this is one of my favorite favorites. If you're not hearing it now, you should hear it very shortly. These are amazing remixes that you can have in full and for free to get them and many more. Head straight to ocremix.org. That's O-C-R-E-M-I-X dot O-R-G, not dot com. Guys, that's it for episode 43. It's been a lot of fun. I always love doing this. Thank you, Ben and Gary, for being here. Thanks for having me. I love I love saying Ben and Gary because it makes me think of ice cream. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in for episode 43. Tune in next week for episode 44 where we will have a lot more to talk about. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, we wish you a great week, great gaming, and as always, don't be a racist.